Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's question is, do you ever solo parent? Yes, I actually do, Warda. I solo parent. Mm, it's been more and more happening a lot these past few months because my husband has been traveling for work. But yeah, it, it, it's something that I do deal with and it's a reality for me and my family. What about you? I'm so glad because for us, it's definitely far and few in between. I have a, a few instances where I was given the opportunity, if we should say, to solo parent where my husband was away for about a week and then we've had a couple weekend, uh, weekends away. But other than that, it's definitely something that is not my skill set. It's not something I have a lot of experience in. So I'm really excited and intrigued to have this conversation with you today to learn about what kind of tools you utilize because it is the reality for so many families that have maybe spouses that um, have to travel for work. Like you said, I think that's one of the main ones. Um, or maybe people are away for extended trips, visiting family or other things that take us away from, from our home. And then there's also the thing that many people don't talk about, which is single parents and either being divorced or just having children, a spouse die or whatever the case or situation is. But there are so many moms and parents in general who are raising children on their own. They're single parents. And I was researching the number to see, like, give us an average of how many kids are really being raised by a single parent. And it said uh, the numbers came up to almost a quarter of the U.S. children under the age of 18 live with one parent and mm. other adults perhaps are in the picture in and out. But it's almost a quarter of the entire U.S. population are being raised by a single parent, which is very startling to me because I didn't realize how many people are doing this on their own. And if you are someone who is doing it on your own, wow, like just take a step back and take that in because that's amazing because the few times that I have had to do it, it's been intense. So I can't imagine doing it all on your own all the time. It's it's something that's really like props to those people who are doing it and doing it well. Yeah, I remember the first trip that my husband took that was an extended. So this was the like eight days or so. So it's a pretty long period of time. And I had three children at the time six and under. And when he left, I remember the next day, that feeling of almost pressure that was immediately entered my space because I was, the realization hit me like, if I get a flat tire, if I, if I, uh, something happens to me when I'm out and about or something in the home occurs, like I don't have my, my partner, my, my guy to be like, Hey, come pick me up. What do you think I should do? And even in this instance, my father-in-law, who would also be kind of our support, um, was also traveling. So I was really feeling like the pressure. And I immediately started reflecting on, like you mentioned, those families who this is their day to day. Like this is not just like, oh, let me get through the next 10 days. You know, this is like for real, um, every day. And, and it's a huge amount of responsibility to consider that, you know, these three children or this X amount of children, like, their livelihood, their everything is based on like you. You really got to step up and and really pull it together. And, and it's a lot. It truly can be a lot. 
extremely. It's, it, it is quite a bit to handle. And depending on how many children you have, I know from my experience, my husband actually just came back from a trip where he was traveling for the whole week and he was gone. And I had all six of my kids with me. Plus I have my parents as well. I've talked about that on the podcast before. So the entire week he was gone. And usually when he travels, because he's been traveling more often these past few months, he is available. So meaning I can call him whenever I need him. He'll answer. I can text that sort of thing. Even though he's working, I can still have access to him. But this particular trip was different in that the signal was not that great, the phone signal. So I didn't really get to talk to him that much. And actually, a few days went by where I was trying to get in touch with him. And I got kind of worried because I wasn't being able to talk to him as I usually do. And that was really hard on me. I think emotionally, my well-being and my state of mind, my frame of mind, went really downward. Like I started to spiral a little bit when I couldn't get in touch with him because your mind wanders and you wonder what if something happens and then this is my new reality. So alhamdulillah, everything worked out and we were able to get in contact more. But that when that happened, it did make me realize, what if I had to do this on my own? Would I be able to? Would I be able to take care of all my children and provide for them and feed them and clothe them and shelter them and all the things that they need? Would I myself be able to provide that? And I don't know if I can say wholeheartedly, yes, that I would be able to do that all on my own. I think I would need a lot of help from many resources and family and whatnot. A support system, I would say, has to be in place. But it is something to consider when you do have that person with you all the time, how it would be without them. Yeah, it it definitely gives you an opportunity to be thankful and grateful for those moments that you are together and almost cherish that special family time because it is not a given. It is not something guaranteed. I mean, I've come across at least two families that are very close to my family over the past year that lost one of the the parents in the home, uh, both of which passed away due to cancer. And so... In, in the situations that I'm mentioning, the people who passed away were the mothers. So you had two single fathers now uh, trying their best to now pivot and figure out how to f- serve the roles for their very young children and do it all, you know, and, and it is, it's heartbreaking. And it's also empowering at the same time, because both of these fathers are really stepping up and, and trying to be as strong as they can for their family. But it is really something to consider, you know, when we look at the, when we talk about like privilege, you know, one of the conversations that people talk about is we all have the same starting line, but then certain things cause you to kind of like step back as you take away certain socioeconomic benefits. And one of those major factors is having a single parent in the home or having um, divorced parents or having parents, you know, that family structure being affected does significantly affect that child. And that's probably why in Islam, the family is so emphasized. And it's such a big part in marriage and and family dynamics are so emphasized. You know, right now we're studying Surah Yusuf, and we learned so much about family dynamics in that surah with the sibling rivalry and the, the parent losing the child and the child trying to figure out, you know, his identity outside of the family. Like there's so much, there's so much good content and and so much powerful lessons to learn from these things such as Surah Yusuf. And, you know, the family itself can be something that can uplift a person, but it can also be really challenging. 
And so we as sisters, mothers, building this community together, sometimes we lose sight of that. We kind of just get stuck in our whole like, I need my coffee, school runs, you know, like it's easy to kind of be in your bubble and you don't really um, recognize that you have so much more you can offer for other families that are in this situation. So true. And those scenarios you were talking about, I mean, may Allah bless those families and help those brothers who are now stepping up and taking care of very mm-hmm. young children as well, because that is a really difficult situation. Uh, there's also the case of divorce in which parents, they do live separately between two houses. And that can also affect the parenting dynamic because you are essentially being a solo parent when you have the child to yourself in your own home and taking care of them. So you are on your own in that sense. So it does affect how you would parent or take care of them. And I know for me, I usually have to come up with a really big plan. Like we have a family meeting together and discuss it. Let all of the children be in on this conversation and give them an idea of what's going to happen. How long is your dad traveling for? Where is he going? You'll be able to talk to him. Don't worry. Like give them all the things that they need to, they're prepared for whatever this extended time, or even if it's a few days, whatever time period it is, let them have those tools available for them and allow them to ask questions because, you know, kids, they always have those questions of, are you going to bring me back something? That's always their first question. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but include them in these discussions. Don't just have it be a separate thing because they are part of their family. They need to know what's going on. I remember as a child, our father used to travel quite a bit for work. And I remember the feeling of being really sad when he would leave and wondering, like, is he going to be okay? I don't know. I was a very sensitive child. So my mind would go like, you know, he's going to be away. Will he come back? Like, will, will Allah take his, like, you know, will he get into an accident or will something happen? Just because you have that comfort when your parent comes home every single day. Right. And them not seeing them. And this would be like extended trips one week, two weeks at a time. And we also knew that whenever he would travel on those trips, he would be very stressed and very busy. So it wouldn't be like a a lot of um, calls that you would have frequently. It was a very sporadic schedule. And that time frame, too, we didn't have much technology. So it wasn't (laughs) like you could take time and do all that. (laughs) Right. Calls are very hard to come by. It was scattered. But as a child, I had no insight into my mom's feelings and like how she was coping and dealing with, you know, basically managing our schooling. And in many ways, I applaud her because I don't recall feeling a um, a disconnect. It kind of felt like business as usual. She was able to maintain to some degree like the normalcy of routine and keep our life up. And I think that probably is one of the best ways to keep things stable. Like don't just dishevel everything, try to keep things as normal as possible so that there is not such a, a, you know, emotional strain and a physical strain on the family. It's funny you bring that up because I do recall our, our dad traveling a lot. And because I was the oldest, I would be the one who my mom would rely on for a lot of things. But you're right. She did go business as usual in a sense. She had a plan and she got her stuff done and it wasn't anything that we yearned for, missed out on that I felt during these time periods. And one of the things that you mentioned there is the stress that can come to a parent and something to consider. I was recently learning about how children are very keen to absorb sometimes the stress of a parent. So you may not, you may be, a parent may be functioning 
saying that I'm just going to keep this dress to myself. I'm really, really like on edge. I'm really losing it. I'm really not doing well, but I'm just going to continue and just take care of my kids and do what I got to do. But a lot of times there will be children in the home that are very in tune with you and will absorb and feel your stress. And so that's just a reminder for all of us to take stock and figure out like, are we at that point? And we talked many times in our podcast in the past about self-care and ways to conquer burnout. These are all past topics that you can go back and listen. But taking that reflection on where I am is not only important for you, but it's important for the whole household because that stress that, you know, like we mentioned, that can be felt by children will affect them as well and in, in ways that we may not realize. Yeah, speaking of that, I was actually because... This week was extremely difficult when my husband was away because I wasn't feeling a hundred percent. I was a, a little under the weather and I remember sitting on my couch and my, my children, they were uh, a few of the younger ones. They were with me on the couch and all of a sudden I started tears started rolling down my face and just like the overwhelm got to me and I started crying a little bit. And my daughter, of course, she just is in so tune. Like you were mentioning absorbing the feelings of you. She just came up to me and she's like, are you okay? What's happening? And I just told her, I miss your dad so much. Like, I just, I really miss him. And she hugged me and she just kind of tried to make me feel better and saying, don't worry, I'm here. It'll be fine. He's coming back. Like, and I realized (laughs) at that moment, I know she was, I'm supposed to be the mom and here she is comforting me. But it was such a cute, special moment for me. And she actually made me feel a lot better with her words. Five years old. And it made me realize, wow, that even though she saw me crying and I let my emotions show and she knew what was going on after that, because of talking to her and she she tried to make me feel a little bit better, she made me smile and made me feel better. So allowing your children to see, okay, yeah, I'm stressed out right now. I am missing your dad. I, I feel like I want him to be here, but he's not. And then having a little child come and lay their, ha- their head on your lap and hug you and kiss you and make you feel better. They can see, okay, mom's going to be better. She's okay. And I did pick myself up and moved on with the day and was able to carry forward because of how sincere and how cute and how sweet she was being toward me. So little things like that, I think within the moment, they can lift your spirits up and make you feel like, okay, there's the brighter side to things. Let's look at it with a different eye. Yeah, I I, I love that. And I know you mentioned a little bit about um, finding a way to connect, especially, you know, now we have the modern technology and that's extremely, it's such a great tool and resource to utilize. I know some families that like FaceTime their distant family members almost every single day. And I'm just like, that's amazing because they almost don't feel like they're far apart. Like uh, one of my cousins, her family are really big on FaceTime and they would, they said, she said that their family members would FaceTime during their commutes and they would do multiple, like the three or four with the parents, the siblings, like all of them together. And they just be like driving to work or, you know, that's how much they stay in touch via the technology available. And I thought that was so um, lovely because that's something that I'm not a big fan of FaceTime just because I feel really awkward and the video chat, it's just not my element. But seeing how it can be used to bring families closer, you got to say like that is a very useful tool. But my question to you now is like, what tips do you have? Because there are some people like myself who might might not have a lot of experience. Maybe, you know, I'm I'm anticipating in the future if my husband has to, you know, go overseas as well, make hedge. There's a lot of possibilities where I'll find myself in that situation. So I'd love to hear if you have any 
strategies on how moms can get through the week or get through the month or however long it might be. Yeah, most definitely. Well, for our family, I suggested in the beginning to have a family meeting and let everybody be on board, have them all know the kids, answer their questions and fill them in so that you know and they know what the plan is going to be, what your what your game plan is for the next X amount of days, however it may be. And then one thing that has been useful to our family is to create a countdown. So make a board, put on the days and have the kids cross off the days as it goes. It just gives them a visual and a way of having something in their control. So they see, oh, dad's coming home in two days. I'm getting ready. So it makes it a little bit more special for them and and gives them something to look forward to. And then um, a big thing for me is to just meal plan to the extreme. Because I know that my husband usually takes care of the homework situation in the afternoon, then all the the paperwork, I know I'm going to have to do that because he's not here. So what I've done is have, and my husband's really good at helping me set this up, have it be where I don't have to cook during the week. Meaning when I say cook, I mean have a big cooking. I usually cook for a few days at a time. So I wouldn't have to do that. I have things from my freezer. That's your best friend. Just pull it out. Every time I make a meal, I just double it and put it in the freezer for a rainy day. I have it available. Also, I do things that are easy prep. So things that you can just put in a casserole to bake, have it ready in, at nighttime and, and it's re- it's all ready for you. So things that won't take a lot of time in meal prepping will help you because you know you're going to have to take on other roles. So just meal plan, meal plan to the extreme. It helps a lot. And then we also said about technology. Technology is really useful these days because I know for my children, they look forward to that FaceTime call for their dad. So having that technology, whatever your means or availability for it is, use it. Utilize those calls, utilize whatever ability you have so that you can keep that connection. For me, I think like when my husband leaves, I have a big plan in my head, a big lofty plan of I'm going to get this done and this and this. Oh, I'm going to have the whole room. I'm going to repack the closet. I'm gonna... It doesn't happen. Every single time it doesn't happen. So I think everyone needs to figure out what works for you. So if you're someone who you are excellent of just getting your stuff done and you see it as an opportunity, I'm going to get repack the entire closet and organize shelves and do all these things. Great. Go for it. Enjoy that. Get it done. If you're someone who says, I'm going to relax the entire time, I'm going to Netflix and relax and just take a bath and hang out, take that time for you, do it. Great. And if you're someone who just at the end of the day, you put your kids to bed and you just need to be zoned out, you just you're exhausted, take that time for you. So really figure out what works for you and how you're going to make it through the day. Yeah, it's crazy how just like one family member, uh, a major family member, your husband, in this case for us, being away changes so many things like i've heard a lot of women say like when their husband is out of town like food is so much easier to deal with (laughs) really and it's it's really just one person but uh it's just like the it's a lot more relaxed they just could just give the kids food that's more comfortable for them they are fine just eating whatever you know they kind of make it more less stressful um and i have found that to be the case too because i'm fine with very simple food And then also gather support around you. If you have the ability to have someone, grandma, grandpa, childcare, whatever that may be, do it. Go ahead and do that. Put that in place. Set it up before the person is traveling so that everything's arranged. You know exactly when you're going to be getting your groceries, when you're going to be getting errands done, completed. So use it. Utilize it. If you have the ability to do that, go ahead and do that. 
One of the things that solo parenting uh, conversations make me think of is the idea of how you now have an opportunity in a way to be with your children and bond with them in the activities that you find very fulfilling because you're not necessarily doing things that everybody's happy with. So like, for example, in this case, for myself, I really love doing amusement activities. And for me, that's just like a a very fun bonding experience for my kids. I would love to just go spend a day out at an attraction, like half a day, four or five hours and just be there, you know, enjoy that space with them. Whereas to come home and like sit with them and then read a book and be present for a board game and a puzzle, like that takes so much effort sometimes. And you're just not, you're just not in the mood for that level of presence. But for some reason, I get more excited if I'm out at a swimming pool or I'm out at, you know, a mall attraction experience or a jumping place or trampoline place. Like for me, I'm able to be more present. So I've kind of tuned into that. And if I feel things are getting really tough for me, I'll plan something like that. Finding those bonding experiences, whether it's baking, whether it's bike riding, or, you know, just sitting at home and playing games, um, crafting, like all of these little things that you as a parent love to do and bring in your child in during that solo parenting time. That's a great opportunity to focus on those activities. You're right. Get those activities done that you normally wouldn't. And if it, you're in a situation like a divorce situation where this is your week or your weekend that you have with your child, make it fun for them. Make it exciting. You get the normal things done, but add in an activity, no matter how little it is, sit down with your child, do some coloring if that's what they love. So I like that. It, it's good for the kid, but it's also good for you. It is. Well. It is. Like the thought of it can sometimes be overwhelming, but also... As you jump into it, and if it's something you enjoy, it's actually quite relaxing to just like go off off script a bit, you know, and just really enjoy that, that like we're all in this weird place. So let's just hone into that. You know, let's just be weird and like do something off off script. So Uh, when my husband does return home, one of the things I like to do is to just gather the family and have each kid. We map out like a time period of each kid to have that alone time with their dad. So they do have that bonding time to kind of reintegrate into the family. He can sit with them, talk to them. How was your week? And let them have that special time with their dad so they can build back their relationship because it is difficult, especially if you're gone for an extended period of time. You do have to build back that dynamic within the family and connect that bond with each child. So I try to put aside some time for that so that the kids each have that time. It's important to put that time for each other. That's very true. I'd never thought about that point, but carving out that extra window of time, it kind of makes it worth it. You know, you get that special catch up time. You know, that actually makes me think about if you're the parent who is traveling, how can you now continue that bond and that relationship with your children? And my brother, my older brother, he actually um, has traveled quite a bit these past few years and his trips were extensive. They were overseas for several weeks at a time. And one of the things I noticed that he did with his children is that he would try to maintain the connections, not only um, so they actually utilize technology in the sense of, you know, they have like cameras in the house and outside the house. So he would sometimes talk to them through the cameras and say like, hey, what are you doing? What's that puzzle? And they were like, Abby, doing? (laughs) Um, And so I thought that was a really cute way of them knowing like, okay, their, their dad, when he's able to check in. He's there, you know, it's not like um, as as far away as it feels. And then the other thing is that, you know, sending gifts, you know, if it is just a week, that might not be necessary. But if it's multiple weeks, 
you know, sometimes he'll find something on Amazon or, you know, have something delivered to the home as for the children as a way. And then I remember my niece saying like, my daddy sent me these flowers, you know? Um, and I was like, isn't your daddy in a different country? And she's like, yes, but he sent them. And I could tell how, you know, connected and sweet and like, she felt very loved. And despite the fact of not seeing her father for such an extended period of time. And so if you are the parent that is traveling, maybe really put some thought into how you can help those children cope and feel better about you being away. So, all right. So I think that we've reflected a bit on this conversation. And if you're someone out there who has experienced in this, you know, we do share our posts on Instagram and we're trying to build a community where we can connect and have more conversations. So please reach out and feel free to follow us there on Instagram as well at Muslim Moms Podcast. Nadiha, what's next? Okay. So for my what's next, I want everyone to create a countdown with your kids and your family for something that's upcoming. So this isn't necessarily in regard to someone traveling and the countdown for that, which we do use, but a countdown for anything. So say a holiday is coming up or someone's birthday or you have a big vacation coming up, have a countdown with your children where they can cross it off every day until that big event. And when you're doing this, you can explain to them that, oh, this is a really useful tool for the future. So if your spouse does have to travel, they already have been exposed to this countdown. Awesome. I love that. Uh, for my what's next, I, I want us to think about the fact that solo parenting is an opportunity to learn about our own unique parenting styles, but also a chance for us to bond with our kids in a unique way. So think about how we can include one new activity to do with your kids solo. It can be one of the things you love to do, like swimming or biking, but also maybe cooking, something that you really love to do, and then make it happen during those times when you really have that opportunity. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.